Welcome back to the PFM Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Blues, joined by betting and fantasy analyst here at Pro Football Network, Jason Katz. Katz, we finally have a good primetime matchup between not only two good teams, but two good quarterbacks, which is a big relief after last week. Maybe we'll actually see a primetime game go over for a change. Eh, we're not, I'm not so sure about that. 11, uh, maybe not in this one, but I think we will maybe on Monday night. But um, 11 straight primetime unders, it's a pretty insane run, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, the score in the NFL is just down across the board. And that uh, always, always makes things challenging when you're trying to handicap these games. Oh, absolutely. And you never know if like the books have adjusted or they haven't adjusted enough or they over-adjusted because unders have been hitting at a really high rate this season. But I got burned a lot of unders last week, especially in uh, Packers, Steelers game, Browns, Ravens. But the product under still cashed as always. But let's get right into the odds. We're going to be referencing odds from ESPN Bet. New sports book from the worldwide leader. Uh, go check it out if you haven't already and sign up in states where it's legal. Cats, Ravens are three and a half point favorites at home against the Bengals. They're coming off a really tough loss against the Browns at home last week. While the Bengals almost escaped with a nice comeback win over the Texans until CJ Stroud led the team down the field for a game winning field goal as time expired. The total is at 45 and a half. Does anything stand out to you here? I'm typically not one. That best decider totals. I know I mentioned that the last time I was on here, but I really, really like the Bengals in this spot. Interesting. It's these AFC North games, these AFC North rivalries are just they're they're always close games. They're always hard fought. And it's rare that you see one of these teams like the Ravens or the Steelers or the Bengals sweep the other in a season series. I know it's playing into a little bit of narrative street, but when these teams last played back in week two, Bengals were home. Joe Burrow still not himself yet. Ravens won that game. Now, I know both of these teams are coming off losses, uh, arguably both coming off losses they shouldn't have had. Certainly the case with the Ravens more so than the Bengals. Uh, but someone has taken two losses in a row here, and I think it's going to be the Ravens. I might be a little heads up with you here, which is nice. It's nice when we don't agree on everything on these shows. It's to give the people a fresh perspective. And quite frankly, there's good sides of both arguments. Like I don't disagree with their logic there about uh, – you never know these AFC North matchups. I mean, last week was a prime example. And then not only that, but the Steelers' goofy win, for lack of a better word, against the uh, Browns earlier this season. This certainly applies for any divisional matchup, especially in the AFC North, where every team is competitive at the very least. But I just think the Ravens here, that's just an uncharacteristic loss, I think, for them. Browns' defense is really good. They're able to force turnover late in the game. And just don't think the Bengals have the firepower offensively without T. Higgins and Joe Burrow's really struggled against this Ravens defense since Mike McDonald, their defensive corner, has been there dating back to last season. They got a couple wins over them last year, including the playoffs, but that came against Anthony Brown and Tyler Huntley, who we both know are backups for a reason. They don't come close to Lamar. I'm not going to take three and a half. I don't love taking the hook in a divisional game, but if I had to lean one way, it would be that. I will say we were talking about unders, primetime unders. I'm going to run it back. I've had a lot of success with them this year, especially last week. To give some more context, I was talking about with Joe Burrow's struggles against his Mike McDonald defense. They've been averaging 23 points per game against them, which isn't bad. That's like probably around their average, but only 266 yards per game. And that point total is a little inflated by a pair of defensive touchdowns and those games last year. I mean, we all know about the fumble return, the goal line in the wild card game last year. They also had a 
defensive touchdown against Anthony Brown and their uh, late season matchup. So I just don't see this Bengals offense having a lot of success in this one against his Ravens defense, like a big comeback performance for them. I think Watson going 14 for 14, the second half has been aberration. And not only do I like prime time unders, but I generally like unders when it's a short week and how much time to prepare, especially when you're missing T Higgins. Yeah, if you look at Thursday Night Football, we did see some higher scoring games earlier in the year. And I, I think that that there is something to the fact that as the, as you get later in the season, teams have much more wear and tear. And these yep. Thursday Night games take more of a toll on them and are harder to recover for on the short week than they are when you're in the first month of the season. The last time we saw a high scoring game was back in week five. We had that 40 to 20 Bears blow out of the Commanders. Uh, actually, it's Correct correction. It was week seven when the Jaguars beat the Saints 31 24. That was Since the last then, time I'm over. Exactly. Since then, the highest scoring Thursday night game was 42 points from the Bills and the Bucks. And then after that, we had 36 and then 29. So we're trending in the wrong direction here. I do think we'll get more than 29 points in this game, but this just smells like a, a 23 20 final one way or the other. And that's under the total. Yeah. You mentioned that Bills Bucks game. That was a lucky under, in my opinion. I had the under that game, but I think it was lucky because Todd Bowles and the Bucks had like a not the, the, the worst garbage time drive I've seen in a long time where it took them at least half the fourth quarter and they were down two scores. And that was a nice backdoor cover, though, in that game for any Bucks betters. But as we always talk about with you, you're the player props guy here at our Pro Football Network. A lot of overlap with your fantasy work you do for us. I'll give my favorite player props one in a second, but what has caught your eye for this one so far? One of the ones I was looking at, and this does not correspond well with us liking the under, is Joe Burrow's uh, passing touchdowns line, which is at one and a half, and it's pretty much you know even on both sides at minus 110, minus 115, pretending, depending on where you look. Over the first four weeks of the season, Burrow threw zero touchdowns in three of those four games. But in one of those games, he threw two touchdowns. That was against the Ravens. And in his last five games, since obviously he's gotten much healthier, that calf feeling much better, Burrow has thrown multiple touchdowns in every single one of them. Yet this line is set at one and a half and the over is not juiced at all. Uh, it, it feels too easy to take the over. I mean, even if the Ravens end up winning this game, even if it is a 23-20 final, it could be two Burrow touchdowns. I, I want to like the, the over there, but I haven't locked it in yet because something is kind of holding me back. But that's, that's kind of a lean right now. And, and we'll see if it, it turns into a full pick tomorrow. There is one more thing. There is one more thing that I'm looking at overall here, and I don't know if we will get the odds to do it because it's not up yet. And that is Keaton Mitchell to lead the game in rushing. He came out of nowhere to do this two weeks ago when he had nine carries for 138 yards. Then last week, he for some reason he only carried the ball three times, but 34 yards. And now yep. obviously Keaton Mitchell is not going to average 14 yards per carry the entire season. But he's proven he's explosive, and he gives this Ravens rushing game a, a dynamic element that it really doesn't have outside of Lamar Jackson himself. And it is very clear the Ravens are trying to scale back the type of hits Lamar takes because he's not really running the ball in the red zone as much, and he's not really running the ball as much as he has in the past in general. And again, John Harbaugh, he pretty much admitted that they should have gotten Keith Mitchell the ball more, and I think we're going to see him get the ball more in this one against a Bengals defense that has been surprisingly vulnerable on the ground, allowing... Uh, 4.6 yards per carry to running back second most in the league. The only concern I have here is the odds. Because Keaton Mitchell's rushing line is 36.5. That is only 18 short of Joe Mixon. To, and that's kind of what dictates uh, how, how nice of a price we get. 
Last week, we had about plus 1,000 or something in that area. I don't know if we're going to get that this week. If we get plus 1,000 or better, I'm definitely taking that. If it's under that, plus 800, plus 700, that might not be worth it. But my eye is on Keith Mitchell to lead this game in rushing as a long shot play. Well, I got some news for you. I do see odds for that up right now at FanDuel. Can you take a guess what Mitchell's odds are? I mean, I was hoping to get minus 1,000. Uh, based on based on your reaction and the way you said that, I'm going to say it's plus 500. Very close. Plus 460. Wow. I'm pretty good at predicting odds, but plus 460. Uh, sorry, guys. That is not going to be steep enough. I will say, though, typically, DraftKings lines on this market are better than FanDuel's by by two, 300 cents sometimes. So if you can get plus 800 now relative to the FanDuel line, that, now that seems more appealing than it did before I actually knew what the FanDuel odds were. But anything shorter than 700, 800, I'm not even going to look at it. It's just not worth it. I was about to ask, what would be the number that you would recommend playing it at at worst? So that's good to know there. Anything below plus 700, you wouldn't play. You mentioned Keenan Mitchell and that Harbaugh kind of has some regret. They didn't even more touches last week. He has two weeks in a row with long touchdown runs, 39 yards last week and 40 the week before. That's why in our touchdown uh, bets column, you'll see this week, that'll be out by the time this podcast drops. I put him as a flyer for mine. The odds aren't fantastic at plus 250, but I don't really see for Gus Edwards. It's so goal line dependent, I feel like, but it's kind of the opposite for Mitchell, but he's definitely capable of breaking off a long run, as you said, and he's definitely the most explosive running back in that Ravens backfield. Um, my player props to give out. It sort of contradicts yours. There's a chance. There's a world where they both hit, though. There's definitely a world where they both hit, and they both did hit the last time these two teams played. I'm gonna go the under on Joe Burrow passing yards. It's at two fifty-seven and a half right now at ESPN Bet and DraftKings, for example. Big reason here is kind of just goes back to what I was saying before about Joe Burrow's lack of like just Mike McDonough and having Joe Burrow's number. And the four games he's played against his Ravens defensive coordinator in this unit, he's averaging 215.8 yards per game. And he's had T. Higgins all those matchups pretty much. And this this is also be coming on a short week, less time to prepare, Ravens defense. Now, I'm going to call it a revenge spot, but they're coming off a disappointing second performance last week. I feel like they have a good bounce back spot here. Don't love Burrow's passing yards upside without his second best receiver. And if you take a look at his... Uh, He's gone to this mark the last three games in a row. But before that, it was only twice a season. Yeah, I know the calf injury, but I just think there's a little too high of a line on a short week against the, one of the top two defenses in the NFL while he's missing his second best receiver. And also adding to that, the, the uh, Ravens are only allowing 204 passing yards per game. So I, I definitely see where you're going for there. And I don't think it conflicts that much with mine because passing touchdowns aren't necessarily correlated to passing yeah, yards. It really true. just comes down to... It's a lot of it's just variance when it really comes down to it. Yeah, that's a good point. But when you said Joe Burrow and you're talking about it over, I was really nervous about to have a heads up play. But you're right. There is a world where they both could hit. And like I said, Burrow threw for 220, 222 yards in their last match against the Ravens, but also two touchdowns. So that goes hand in hand right there. But let's recap the picks. You like the Bengals. I like the Ravens. Not a strong play, though. I like the under. You like the over for Joe Burrow passing touchdowns. And if you could find a line for Keenan Mitchell, if you're the leading rusher in the game at anything greater than plus 700, you like that as a long shot play. I like him as a flyer to score a touchdown. And I'm on the under for Joe Burrow passing yards. Cats, thank you for joining me. Good luck. And then for everybody else, we'll see you back on Friday.